Good day, folks. Pastor Jim Thomas from the Village Chapel here in Nashville, Tennessee with your daily devotion. Taking a look at Mark chapter 13 today. So if you've got a Bible, want to grab it and uh, have it nearby, I'm going to be uh, reading for you a couple paragraphs of reflection on Mark 13 from uh, one of my favorite all-time pastors and Bible teachers, a man named John Stott. Uh, this is a, a book of uh, that's been put together uh, by uh, Baker Publishing. It's called Through the Bible Through the Year, and it is basically daily reflections uh, on various Bible pas- passages from Genesis all the way through Revelation uh, by John Stott, one of the uh, most beloved and significant pastor Bible teachers, really, uh, for the last couple of centuries. Um, Mark 13.30 is the verse that he's looking at here in this one particular uh, day's uh, selection or reading, and it is titled The Little Apocalypse uh, by either John Stott or those who edited together all of these writings. Uh, Mark 13.30 is when Jesus says, I tell you the truth, that this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. And whenever I hear something like that, just lift it out as a verse. I want to know what things. I, I it, it sort of gives rise to a bunch of questions. So uh, this is that parallel uh, to Matthew chapter 24 uh, when Jesus begins his Mount Olivet discourse. But here in Mark 13, uh, focusing in on that one particular verse when Jesus says, I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away till all these things have happened. What could he be referring to and uh, in that particular moment? So John Stott says, Sitting one day on the Mount of Olives, Jesus and his disciples enjoyed the panoramic view across the Kidron Valley to Herod's temple. It had already been about 50 years in building, and it was still not quite finished. Nevertheless, it was a spectacular Sight, and I have to say, even even now, uh, you know, I'm I'm getting ready to go for my sixth trip uh, over to Israel, and uh, I will sit on the Mount of Olives with our. Uh, I think we have a group of about 115, 120 that are going, but we'll be on the Mount of Olives. We'll be in Garden of Gethsemane. We'll be looking across the valley into uh, Jerusalem, and uh, it is an impressive sight to be there, and to just uh, have a sense of the historic uh, reality of our Bible and what we're being told. So here, as uh, this is captured and reflected upon by uh, John Mark, uh, probably inspired by Peter to some degree, um, the disciples are blown away with things like, what massive stones as they look at the magnificent buildings and and, and that found there in uh, Mark chapter 13, I think, verse 1. Yet to their astonishment, says John Stott, Jesus responded that not a single stone would survive the temple's coming destruction. And that happens in uh, around 70 AD. But let me get back to Stott and let him tell us a little bit more about that. Um, but Jesus predicting it all the way back in, you know, mid early mid-30s there. Um, what magnificent buildings they're blown away by that. Jesus says the coming uh, destruction will will separate every single stone from the others. Um, this was the beginning of the so-called little apocalypse recorded in Mark 13, Matthew 24, and Luke 21, in which Jesus peered into the future. Our difficulty in interpreting this discourse 
is that Jesus was looking ahead both to the immediate future, that is the fall of Jerusalem and the destruction of the temple in AD 70, and to the ultimate future, that is the perusia or the, the second appearing of Christ, okay, the end of history. The two events were to some extent intertwined in Jesus' teaching, so it's not always clear to which he was alluding. Immediate signs would include the rise of false messiahs, wars, rumors of wars, earthquakes, and famines. But these, Jesus said, were the beginning of birth pains, as as it says there in Mark 13, verse 8. The end was not yet upon them. Other signs heralding the end would include persecution, and martyrdom, the worldwide preaching of the gospel, family divisions, and great convulsions in the sun, the moon, and the stars, which is familiar apocalyptic imagery for socio-political upheavals. Uh, and so those are the kind of images that as you read through the scriptures that you might find, whether that's Old Testament um, apocalyptic literature or New Testament apocalyptic literature, uh, that kind of imagery would be used to describe the sociopolitical upheavals uh, prior to um, the the second coming of Christ, the, the perusia. And then people would see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory. That's in verse 26 of Mark 13. And Jesus, again, predicting his return. And indeed, that generation would not pass away until all these things, the heralding signs, had taken place. In contrast to all these things, however, nobody knows that day or that hour, not even the Son himself. The main emphasis of the little apocalypse is not to be found in any program of signs and events, but in Jesus' repeated summons seven times in Mark chapter 13. Seven times you get the summons from Jesus to be on the alert, to be ready for his coming. Since nobody knows when it will take place, Jesus said, what I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. And that, of course, you can read. You've got to read the all of uh, chapter 13 or, or if you prefer, uh, Matthew chapter 24 or Luke chapter 21. And what, what you walk away with is not some sense of great fear and foreboding and, and terror. Uh, at the same time, you don't walk away uh, being prompted to all of a sudden try to become that one mathematician or that one writer of a Christian book who's going to be able to figure it all out and uh, and know when the day is, that great day when he returns. Um, I, I always stand with Jesus, and I'm pretty safe in doing that. Um, he says, no, no one knows the day or the hour, only the Father. And so uh, if, if that's good enough for Jesus, that's good enough for me. It ought to be good enough for us. But we're not to ignore We're not to uh, look past, look over, if you will, the signs of his coming. We're to always be watching, preparing our hearts, um, um, being in pursuit of God and joining him in the work that he's doing here in the world uh, as the Lord Jesus prepares to return and set all things right. 
Um, we're not just idle and neither are we obsessed with trying to figure it out. Um, we are his, we belong to him and we want to be faithful members of his kingdom. Let's do that today. Okay. Let me pray for us. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you that, um, uh, we're not just on a, a spinning dust ball planet, um, uh, spinning, uh, out of control, careening through the universe or through our solar system even. And, and, and you've actually got a plan for all of this. And history is going somewhere because you are the one who is, has ordained that. You've set the course for human history. You have a day in mind. And that fills us with great hope uh, to know that the stagecoach isn't just running away with no one at the, at the reins, uh, no one in control. But Lord, you've uh, got human history. You've got our story as well as all of human history uh, in your hands. And so we can trust you. And as we bow before you today, recognizing you as our King, I pray that you will uh, fill us uh, to overflowing with that hope, that we might go out into a hopeless world, a joyless world, a world that is uh, gripped by fear, um, uh, drowning in outrage and acrimony, Lord, uh, incapable, un, uh, just unable to, to, to see any um, bit of telos or purpose or meaning in life. I pray that you'd send us out into that world as agents of your grace, your mercy, and uh, that the gospel might fall freely from our lips and be seen in our lives and our relationships and that this day, even, even the next couple of hours, Lord, we'd have an opportunity to serve as ambassadors for Jesus Christ and for the hope that is in us. We might be able to give uh, a reason or an answer for that hope and, and point to Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. Have a great one. Daily Devotions with Pastor Jim Thomas is a resource of the Village Chapel in Nashville, Tennessee. If you find this daily devotional beneficial, leave a review and share it with friends and family. For more resources or to support our ministry, visit our website, thevillagechapel.com. Artwork for this podcast by Kim Thomas. Music by Phil Kagey.